cyber friends. This is Chatting Cyber, and I'm your host, Mark Schein. This podcast focuses on how companies can help qualify and quantify the cost of a data breach. Chatting Cyber features some of the most well-respected privacy and cyber experts in the world. Join the conversation with business leaders, government agencies, and cyber experts to learn more about how and why they got into this ever-changing field that we call cyber risk. Hello, cyber colleagues. I'm Mark Schein, National Co-Chair of the Cyber Center of Excellence here at Marshall McLennan Agency and the host of Chatting Cyber. Today's cyber celebrity is truly a cyber celebrity. Jeff Cohen, thanks for joining today. I'm glad to be here, Mark. Thanks for including me. So, so Jeff, you know, we were talking earlier in the show and you told me you grew up in Maryland and, you know, you've been in New York longer than uh, you've been a Maryland guy at this point. Somebody who really had no... Um, um, uh, didn't have a, a, um, a benchmark to create such a, a wonderful uh, platform such as advising. How did you grow to become one of the leading organizations in the world? Well, um, first, uh, I'll say thank you again for having me. And uh, thank you for that question. Um, I'm going to begin by telling you that this, by no stretch of the imagination, was an effort due to one person or one party. It evolved along, along the way, of course. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, advising got started in the summer of 2000. Uh, uh, Tom Ruggieri and a bunch of his founders got together to build a sort of a common platform to commingled information that would be relevant to the insurance broking community and, you know, had an emphasis on management liability to start public company DNO being that, you know, true sweet spot when the company launched. Um, Along the way, we were tracking things like insurance program benchmarking and indicative rates, and we were commingling databases and income statements and balance sheets in those early days. As we, you know, we were sort of looking for our niche, and um, we stumbled upon this idea of security class actions and building a repository for loss event data. And in those early days. It was all about, um, you know, how many big public company DNO losses could we track? And as that team was, you know, we need more resources. We can't, you know, we can't, we can't consume all of this data that we have, you know, um, available to us. Um, you know, the decision by management was made that we would start collecting all things that were low frequency, high severity in nature, expanding outside of DNO and management liability. And probably by, you know, let's call it 2007 or 2008, we were watching cyber loss events. And um, it's actually remarkable now that I look back more than 10 years later that uh, we had the wherewithal to do this because those early incidences of cyber had no severity associated with them. They were just things that happened that they were reported. And um, it takes a long time for a a catastrophic loss to become a catastrophic loss. You know, think, you know, think about your your Deepwater Horizons and your Salmonellas and your Chinese drywall and all these other things that the reinsurance market just you know focuses on. It takes a long time for this stuff to become catastrophic. And um, thank goodness we had the wherewithal to do this because uh, you know today, of course, the, the the number of incidences in our database is probably like 150,000 different cyber loss event records. Um, so it has literally mushroomed in time. But the, the, the idea that we would collect this data meant that um, you could start to look at those early trends, you know, how much, of, how much of this stuff was due to breaches, how much of it was due to phishing, how much of it was due to, you know, some IT mishap, whatever it might be. And you begin to watch it um, 
And so I think to a certain extent, there's a large portion of luck involved in you know, the answer to your question, Mark. It's this idea of, you know, we happen to be doing the right thing at the right time, probably before anyone else was doing it. Sure, Larry Poneman was out there extrapolating data points. And, uh, and there were a couple of, you know, outfits um, who were doing that crowdfunding, crowdsourcing approach to everybody give us your data. And, and that works to an extent. And so the tack that we took was really to mirror what we were doing in other categories of, of loss event investigation. And that was, we don't add anything to our database unless we have a source document from a third party that's credible that says this actually happened. Um, and it could be, you know, uh, you know, an SEC filing, it could be a jury verdict, it could be, you know, something, you know, a news article, it could be a, from a FOIA request. Sure. Um, and so we built our database off of that and it became a springboard for a bunch of other things, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in this next little while together. Absolutely. So, so, so what you've grown to, you know, you've grown this excellent organization and recently, I guess I owe you a congratulations uh, from my understanding Advisor recently just partnered with Zywave. So, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We were acquired by Zywave in November of 2020. So this is very very new. Um, you know, I spent 17 years working at advising, uh, most recently as president of the company, and um, having a successful outcome for our shareholders, again, private company through the years, um, having a, an outcome during a pandemic um, that I think is accretive in many different ways for uh, Zywave um, and the majority of our employees, I think is a real, I'm very proud of the outcome. And uh, now I'm a senior vice president at Zywave, and uh, we are knee deep. Uh, we are shoulder deep, actually, in uh, you know in all sorts of integration processes um, and taking advising's data and intertwining it with Zywave's uh, product offerings, which today largely serve you know call it 15,000 brokerages and agencies. Um, and, uh, and then uh, advising's media prowess and uh, where what you describe, I think, as a large footprint, um, you know, maintained by, you know, a small, you know, collection of very dedicated, enthusiastic, you know, colleagues of mine who uh, are all about thinking creatively about how we can do something else to, you know, to, I'm going to call it to create cyber community unity, sure. to, bring, to bring the marketplace together, because that's really what we're getting off on. And I, and I don't think anyone else does a better job than you guys with that. Um, talking now that we think, you know, thinking about the new organization and looking forward, you know, Jeff, what is, what is Advisor's role going to be within cyber? And more specifically, what will your role be within cyber? And what won't it be within cyber? Um, okay, well, that, that question <laughs> has a couple of different facets as we twist the kaleidoscope of the future. Um, but I, I think, Mark, what I would share with you is that, uh, you know, uh, the utility that, that Zyway brings immediately to advising is a, is a level of scale that we could never accomplish on our own. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about a company that, uh, you know, is multiples of the size of advising. And so, you know, you know, if, if advising on our data side was serving, you know, 200, 300 brokerages, Zywave's footprint infinitely larger. And supporting that infrastructure is, you know, is a bench of talent, um, even media capabilities um, that, you know, I couldn't even dream about in, in sort of our prior set of circumstances. So, 
um, for all of those service providers and carriers that, that um, patronize, advise, and media to reach um, an audience, that audience being largely uh, counterparty distributors like brokers, as well as insurance buyers. Sidewave sort of adds this you know, inflationary pump uh, you know, it suddenly, you know, expands what we're doing. Um, you know, if you think about um, one of Zywave's offerings is this content cloud, um, which has been maintained by Zywave through the years, you know, with lawyers and compliance people and technicians um, and brokers use it to be able to, you know, talk about, you know, credible collateral uh, about the insurance marketplace with their clients, um, you know, advising, you know, gets to harness this reach in two dimensions. One is this becomes a really unique pass-through for all of our media offerings. So we're going to reach way more people in the future than we're able to reach on our own, particularly people that matter. Because I will, I will go out right now in your podcast, Mark, and I will share with you my view of the future is PNC morphs into PNC and C, property, casualty, and cyber. Um, and you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> you know, you got to protect your property, you got to protect your people assets, and you must protect your data assets. And I believe that the C added on to PNC will become an equal participant in that trio someday. Um, we're certainly on a stretch to get there. The, the other side of, uh, you know, what Zywave is bringing, um, you know, to the table for us is is the ability for um, all of these service providers and carriers and third parties to put their content into this platform to reach out to the community beyond advising media. Um, so yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm uh, hell bent on um, standing up the, a Zywave media business um, that'll transcend what we had at advising. And then, you know, sort of leveraging um, what we brought to the table, the assets and their capabilities to uh, surprise and delight um, all of the people that you say maintain a following of Advising's uh, cyber prowess. Sure. So, so, so before we get into some of the, the powers and the connections that Advising has, <laughs> just thinking on cyber specifically. So, you know, we, we, we started off as really focusing on management lines and then you guys really started to have a, a serious focus within cyber. You know, how did you how did you feel that cyber is different from other lines of business? Perhaps it's management lines, perhaps it's DNO, uh, regular property and casualty. What yeah. do you think the nuances are? Yeah. So, um, so let me let me respond to your question by 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 first sharing that um, to a certain extent, advising as a as an organization is somewhat agnostic to what type of risk or loss event we're talking about. You know, for the most part, we skew more towards casualty things than property things. We absolutely skew more towards um, large catastrophic things than small recurring things, or in my vernacular, um, you know, low frequency, high severity, you know, you know, million dollar loss event. What are the things, what are the things that would cripple a company? Um, you know, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of things that happen, happen sort of rhythmically, predictably. Um, you know, you can plan for those things. You can budget for those things when you run a company, when you run a business. What are the things that throw off quarterly earnings and make a positive number a negative number? And I think most of the people who are listening to your podcast probably share that same sort of interest, right? You're, you're more concerned with, you know, what are the things that will knock a company off of its trajectory? And um, so for us, you know, cyber is just one of the many things. It just so happens that the cyber risk 
um, business, the, the community of participants is different. Um, and, and, you know, maybe this is what will distinguish that P and C and C that, you know, that, that second C for cyber, it's distinguished because you're not just dealing with carriers, brokers, and clients. You've got a whole level of, um, of parties that delve around, you know, service providers crucial in this business. You know, I've watched some of your programs, Mark. So, you know, the, the, the legal community essential, you know, the likes of uh, John Mullen and Sean Hoare and all of these guests that you've had on your program, um, that, that be, those guys become dominant players um, from an advice and counsel perspective. Um, and you've got a litigation of, uh, you know, counselors and consultants and advisors in the cyberspace that you don't have. But look, I tell you that it's one of the reasons why, from my perspective, the cyber risk community is, is more diverse and more inclusive because you, the, the natural notion of, you know, commercial insurance has a very homogeneous set of properties associated when it comes to, you know, demographics. And I think cyber is leading the way partly because you need so many different viewpoints and interests and perspectives here. Um, so cyber for me becomes different. Cyber is also um, that, that new frontier. Um, uh, to everybody watching your program, cyber is not new. But to <laughs> the rest of the business world, the idea that you are some you know, retail establishment and guess what? None of these millennials carry cash. They carry credit cards, you know, and... Uh, and, and that creates data and that creates risk. And how do you deal with that, you know, as paper money goes away and a myriad of other decisions that you have to make as a business owner, cyber risk is here to stay. Um, and it's only going to become more complex, you know, in the future. You know, you, you had mentioned the word community with respects to the cyber, the cyber folks. And, and I think that, you know, advising has done a phenomenal job of aggregating everybody at the annual advising conference. Um, you know, can you just kind of talk about how that's gotten to be the marquee cyber event globally? Um, I, I'm happy to, to, to comment there. You know, I may invite you um, in a reciprocal fashion to serve on a testimonial basis, um, you know, when we promote our next event. Look, everything um, that we've done has been a springboard to the next thing. Um, you know, go back to 2011 when we held our first cyber risk conference in that McGraw-Hill Auditorium on Avenue of the Americas. And, you know, it, you know, it's like everybody's squeezing into an economy seat on an airplane, <laughs> you know, where there are 50 seats in the row. And you're like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me to get that spot that you know, kind of thing. You know, in, in 2012, we did our event at the Seaport in October, three days before Hurricane Swan Sandy swept through. Um, and, and, and again, you know, I, I thank our lucky stars on our timing. Um, that event taught us that we should be um, patronizing the event insurance marketplace. And um, during the pandemic, we had event insurance, I'm, I'm happy to tell you. Um, so we, we learned our lesson, we leveraged experiences, a series of webinars became, you know, a cyber webinar every couple of weeks in our shop as you know, an initial survey or white paper became a series of white papers. And, and some of it is, is launching off of, you know, 35,000 people read, you know, our front page new cyber edition on, you know, Mondays and Thursdays, sort of religiously, you know, the work that Aaron Ayers has done 
um, to make the content in that publication is, is absolutely extraordinary. And, and it's all about maintaining conversations with counterparties, you know, at advising, you know, we're not going to tell you where, where we think rates are going, we're going to tell you where members of the community think rates are growing. So, so that means, you know, getting a whole bunch of, you know, like-minded people who are all, you know, I don't know, cyber wholesale brokers or whatever is your, you know, the current flavor um, to say, you know, this is what it looks like. This is where we think we're going and, and we're trying to make sure we share and advocate uh, on behalf of all of those, you know, what I'm gonna say are experts and thought leaders. So, so we just spoke about the advising uh, uh, conference. Now let's talk about the advising awards. <laughs> To, to me, I have a personal interest because I was nominated for Cyberist Person of the Year last year. So, yes, you were. Um, yes, I, I mean, it, it's one of the most prestigious awards in the Cyberist community. How did it elevate to, to become what it is today? So, um, um, you know, we, we probably held our, our first awards event, you know, let's call it 2015, 2016. Um, or so, maybe, maybe 2014, whatever, somewhere in that neighborhood, right? And um, we were looking for a way to um, capitalize on attention, right? Like what other things do people do in this business, right? They read news, they listen to webinars and podcasts, they attend conferences and they transact business. You know, what else do they do? Um, you, know, uh, you know, approaches like that led us to something like our, our cyber guide where we created this sort of online directory of, of all these different cyber providers, whether you're carriers or brokers or lawyers or predictive modelers, you know, kind of trying to create that one directory, you know, when, uh, when Shannon Grover, you know, was like, well, what does this company do different from that company? My answer was, we could create a solution for that. It would just take us, you know, a year to do. She's like, well, as long as you can keep it updated, that would work for me. So, you know, we did it. Um, Cyber Awards um, was really the outcrop of, you know, what else could we do? And, and, I, and everybody that I asked in the business when we were thinking about this said, Jeff, don't do this. Because everybody will just assume that the people that win awards are the people that pay you the most money. So don't do it. That's what everybody does. And it will ruin your reputation and people will only think less of you. And so um, the, the challenge became, how could we do this without perpetuating that stereotype of thinking? And um, our solution um, was a, uh, what I've always described as sort of, you know, a homecoming queen or homecoming queen type of um, nomination. It, it's a popular vote. Instead of advising editors going into a back room and saying, this is what we think. These people are the best. We said, we have access to what we think of as, you know, the largest audience of cyber people. Let's just ask them. So it's not our decision. It's their decision. And the marketplace, I think, sort of embraced that. Um, and as, as sort of uh, quirky as it might be, um, I, I have to tell you, Mark, every year I am, I am bowled over by the, the volume of nominations that we receive where people fall over backwards, stumble over each other, trying to promote that counterparty across the aisle, trying to advocate on behalf of a colleague. Um, how can I get this in? How can, you know, how can I make sure that my nomination submission rises to the top? How can I beat the system? 
Um, and then when we, when we go to the voting round, the idea that thousands and thousands of people around the world are voting for an award which is simply recognition by peers, uh, it blows me away. It blows me away. And so uh, all we've tried to do is, uh, is to sort of keep, you know, spicing it up, adding new categories, looking at categories where, you know, the same, you know, winner is one every year. How do we change that up? How do we, how do we make it so that it's relevant to what's happening in the cyber marketplace today? No question um, the, the pandemic pivot um, that the team had to make uh, during the June 2020 edition of the event, you know, in, in less than four weeks, we went from, you know, a black tie dinner at Gotham Hall in Manhattan to a virtual um, submission of videos and content and, and did this thing sort of live for an audience that was global, probably, you know, approaching 2000 people were watching the live stream. Absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. And, uh, and uh, we just started uh, the nomination round for the, uh, the 2020 version of this. You know, we were looking at uh, collecting the input now for the year that was just ended. And uh, we will be back at it in June uh, with a program that will most likely be virtual, it will have to be virtual. We have no ability to make sure that, you know, underneath everybody's black tie, you know, gala gown is, you know, is a double vaccine, you know, experience. So uh, it will most likely be virtual. Um, and uh, we will try to make it as engaging and as enticing as it could possibly be. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. It, it attracts a lot of attention. Um, and, uh, and I couldn't be more grateful to this community for, um, I guess, perpetuating it through the, uh, through the years. And, uh, and, and attaching significance to it. And uh, just to be nominated, um, it really is a remarkable thing because you, you have to, you have to, you have to, you know, get through so many, you know, hoops in order to get that, you know, peer recognition. I, I'll just remind everybody who's listening to your program that the, it was early on that we realized um, in the voting round, you can't possibly let an organization vote for itself because large organizations would of course dominate the ballot box. So. We only accept um, um, votes from uh, entities that don't match your company URL. Um, and, and then I think it's also added a, a, a level of, um, of credibility to the process. <laughs> so, so best of luck to you again and, uh, and to all of your listeners who are, who are vying for one of those Advise and Cyber Risk Awards. Well, well, thank you very much. And I, I hope in the future that there is a category for cyber podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so as well. So, so Jeff, before I let you go, um, we, we touched upon a lot of different points today, uh, advising the merger, uh, personal. Is there anything that I should have asked you today that I didn't? You know, I, I think that... Um, you know, the, the beauty of um, the cyber risk space, um, Mark, you know, that you know, I would end on is sort of the, you know, I, I was on a call recently where um, I think it was Dave Perkins who said that, you know, cyber is moving at the speed of light. And, um, and you know, and I, and I thought about that because, you know, you think about, you know, all of the issues, you know, capacity issues, pricing issues, um, you know, underwriters you know, requiring more substantiation for mm -hmm. um, submissions, 
modelers who are being pressed for more granular detail and you know accurate output. Um, clients certainly you know being made aware of you know the issues through front page news and every other newspaper and media outlet you know on the planet. Um, this space is changing about as fast as you could possibly imagine. You know, the risks that are confronting the, the space today are changed from where they were just a few years ago. You know, you know, we haven't mentioned the R word yet in this program, ransomware, but I assume it's, you know, comes up in every conversation somebody like you has throughout the day with all of your clients. Um, you know, the, the idea that, uh, um, you know, Asaf at Satellabs was, uh, was mentioning to me the other day was this idea that it's not so much, you know, you know, a fishing exercise that you have to be leery of. You have to be thinking about, you know, the way, you know, an automated robocaller could could do 10,000 of those things in a second and how many of those things will slip through and, and the scale that, you know, things are um, coming to fruition, you know, so different from before. And then finally, you know, yeah, you mentioned the, you know, sort of, you know, I listened to Nicole Perloff the other day talking about, you know, that, you know, water treatment facility in Florida that was hacked. Mm -hmm. And, and there's just the scary nature of, of things that, you know, sort of just beyond that realm of comprehension. And, um, and then finally, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about, um, you know, what, like, you know, Guy Simkin is doing with his Cyber Insurance Academy and, and all the, the efforts out there to help people you know, and your podcast included, um, all the efforts that are underway to help people stay abreast of these changes because they're they're happening at a, at a furious pace. Um, and that's what makes it all exciting. Well, Jeff, it, it's certainly been an interesting conversation. Um, the growth of the organization that you've been part of is truly phenomenal. And I appreciate everything you've done for the community. I will tell you personally, it's been a great organization for me to be part of. I've enjoyed the conferences. I've enjoyed being part of some of the awards dinners. Um, so, so thank you. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show and chatting cyber with us. Mark, thank you very much for having me.